Hey, this is Chris. Before we get to the show, let me tell you a little bit about Anchor. Anchor is our way of we record podcasts. Fantastic. Let me tell you why. It's easy. It's free. There are creation tools that we can record and edit your podcast right from your phone and your computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you. So it can be heard on such um, providers as Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many, many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need in a podcast and so much more. Check out Anchor, and you can find it all in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Anchor, it's a fantastic way of creating your first podcast and making it work. Hey, welcome. It's the Ohioan. It is Wednesday, February 10th. Craig always, always feels like a Friday. This has been a long week. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we're only halfway through. We're barely halfway through. So, yeah, it's felt yeah. like a long week already. Yeah, I mean, a good week. I can't complain about anything. It's just been just busy. Busy, you know, here with all the news, busy at home, busy at work. Oh, it's been crazy times. But, yeah. hey, it keeps us alive, I guess. You know, it's yeah. better than being bored. So, yeah, well, welcome to Ohio. Um, wanted to start out a couple of pieces of audio we release. Um, it's usually interviews or reviews or uh, fun stuff. Uh, this morning, um, Wes Sherry, um, he's an author in Pennsylvania. Um, Paul Yanchek wanted to talk to him. So, me and Paul talked to Wes about his new book. He does some. Um, mystery books and he's talking about his book and some other books he has in mind so definitely check that out and also the great bob garver who is bob had a fascinating appearance um bob lives in the new york city area uh usually he talks to us from his apartment in manhattan but bob went home this week uh, to see his mom in pennsylvania um bob checked out soul and his mom was holding up signs of her opinion on soul. I said, Mrs. Garver, come on down. So um, Bob's mom showed up for a minute to the podcast. And man, what an interesting family. <laughs> Just, <laughs> so if you want if you want to hear more about Disney's soul, and if you want to hear more about the the Garver family, which you know, if if they get a deal on TLC, you know, for a reality show. I need a cut. I mean, uh, you know, TLC's watching this. They're probably like, oh, my goodness, you know. Uh, the Garver family, fascinating people. And uh, we like having Bob on. We appreciate having him on. And appreciate you hearing a little bit more about Soul. Um, again, Chase Bank. I, I know Brandon was teasing about how you didn't like Chase Bank yesterday. Uh, talked to my wife about that last night. It was fun. But, no, Chase Bank is a great place to check out. Um Again, you're like, man, why am I listening to this? Why am I watching this? Well, we'll pay you for watching this. All you got to do is go to Chase Bank, set up an account, set up direct deposit, which why wouldn't you set up direct deposit? That's why you have a bank account. You get 200 bucks placed in your account uh, for a deal that Chase Bank has currently going on. Also, check out our advertisers. Hey, we're limited on time always for a show. I can talk about our advertisers all day, but then Craig can be sitting here awkwardly going, why am I here if you're just talking about Chase Bank and these other places? So, <laughs> yeah, let's move on to the show. It'll be good. Oh, oh, and finally, too, you know, you can subscribe to this podcast many ways. Um, on viewfromtheview.club, my personal website, we have a blog page each day where you can check out the show. You can subscribe to my blog and see all that stuff there. But also, you know, on your players, you know, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, um what else are we on? Uh, Anchor and yeah, Google Anchor. Podcasts, Apple yeah. Podcasts, every, everything. I mean, there's really – what aren't we on? Yeah, I mean, Stitcher's another big one. Yeah. Uh, Twitch. I did not hit the Twitch button today. Oh, no. I think I was running a little bit behind. So th today's show won't be on Twitch, but there's a lot of other content. And I'll be honest, Craig, I've been busy. When I started the Twitch, I was excited. I'm like, man – I am going to play so many video games on Twitch. I'll have all this content. 
I'll be honest, I started a Raven season on Madden yesterday, and I said, I, I'm just going to play. I, I don't want to be on Twitch. I was tired. Okay. I just wanted a, uh, what do you call it? Um, you know, just a little hour to myself. And it was nice to man. do that. And, man, Lamar Jackson can't throw the ball in Madden. That's my concern. Well, I mean, <laughs> but, hey, we're not a video game show. But, hey, that's my little nugget for you. Uh, he can run, but he can't throw. Uh, it's rough. All right. Well, let's let's move on to the show. Hey, um, lots of stuff happening in Ohio. Um, you know, Mike DeWine released his budget the other day, and you know how is this a budget? The budget is a huge document. I mean, you know, say what you want about the media, but we can't write every budget story in one day. Just calm down. So, different details are being released uh, each day. A lot of interesting things to happen. And DeWine mentioned this during his press conference uh, yesterday. He talked about education. Um, as you know, with the pandemic, we're behind. Um, you know, a lot of kids are um, still doing the remote learning. It's tough for some kids. I know my special needs kids, special needs kids with remote learning just don't go well together. Um, so, you know, the education system, we're all behind in one way or another. Um, DeWine is pledging, if I read this right, $2 billion dollars. To help education, he says, hey, schools, tell me about April 1st. What's happening? What's going on? I I, I mean, Craig, I, I don't want to criticize education, you know, money. I mean, obviously, we want everyone to be educated. I mean, it's, it's important. Uh, Two billion. That's a lot. But what do you think? That's a lot of money. I mean, you know, and it, it's really kind of a vague like, oh, we want to improve, you know, improve school attendance and performance, but there's really not a lot of parameters. Other they, 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 you know, mention like mentoring tips and tutoring and summer classes or lengthening the school day or year, which I'm sure no one wants to, uh, you know, do. But uh, and then there's obviously additional online offerings. So I'm not saying that the two billion dollars won't be used up, but I just kind of wonder if they have like a goal or a plan of how they think it should be used, as opposed to just saying, "Hey, schools, come to the table with with your ideas," because you, you know then you start wondering, well, how much you know is it an equal share? Is it a share based on size of school districts? So it, it's a little vague right now, and it's hard to get excited about when it's so vague like that, but. We'll see what happens with it, but I don't know. It seems like a lot of money for, you know, reinvestment in the into the schools. Well, and I'm guessing, and again, this article is the same choir, and you might say, well, the article's not, you know, crystal clear. Well, he announced it yesterday, and, you know, it's his press conference where he talks about COVID and everything else, so he's not going to sit there and say, hey, you know, I'm going to hire this many teachers. I would assume that plan would come out shortly. Um, because obviously the budget, this is a budget proposal. It's got to go for the state house. But look at this uh, story here. Uh, it talks about steps as tutoring, summer classes, lengthening the school day or year, and online offerings. So I'm assuming that it might be to answer those questions. Like obviously tutoring, you got to hire some people. Um, you know, summer classes, lengthening the school day or year. Um, you know, there's concerns with, you know, staffing, and I'm sure there's concerns with building costs. You know, obviously, you know, these school buildings are huge and, uh, you know, electricity and just the normal day-to-day -day costs. You know, if you have a longer day and you have to feed an extra meal, you know, obviously there's a cost there and everything. Sure. And, and those costs add up. Um, and I don't know. I, I just had to decide. I'm not even sure if I believe this as much, but I, I'm hoping – I would like to see a uniformity, especially in the public school system. And I wasn't clear about that where, you know, DeWine's like, hey, every school come to me by April 1st. Well, I know sometimes there's not always a one size fits all, but I want, it'd be nice to have a regular school year and other stuff like that. Like, you know, I, I don't know what he means by that. I mean, is he talking about, are we taking like a survey? And if 80% of the school says, man, we need to have three more weeks to make sure we get all this stuff in place and the testing, we need that. Or do you think he's actually going to be like an a la carte where, you know, Fremont schools could say one thing, Columbus schools could say another, and Cincinnati schools could say another? Well, I sort of hope so to some degree because I think every district's different and what maybe is needed in the Columbus school districts may not be needed in more rural areas or, you know, the, the larger cities with bigger school districts may need more support for other things, whereas, 
you know, smaller rural areas may not need that as much, or maybe they need more of something else. So, you know, it's it's kind of a vague statement. Maybe he just wanted to get it out there to to show his, you know, sort of charge for let's let's make the schools better and let's let's reinvest into our schools. But it was a little vague. I mean, and you know, I know we've gotten this a lot from the governor about you know we're gonna, you know, do this or we're gonna reinvest this or we're gonna have a plan and. Sometimes that plan's not always like told to everybody, not even especially in the media, and that's why you get some questions on his, you know, biweekly press or his two-day a week pressers about, hey, you know, what's the plan? You guys said you had a plan, but you don't seem to have a plan, or maybe what's the plan in place? And you know, the governor has to get a little chippy about, you know, oh, this we have a plan. This is what we're doing. So, you know, hopefully it comes, it becomes a little bit clearer as we go along. But I think anytime when you hear someone say we're going to reinvest, you know, the plan is to reinvest two million, two billion dollars into anything. I think people just want to have, you know, clarity on on what that is and and where it's going towards and how it may look as it's implemented because that's a lot of money. And, you know, it's it's about where that money's coming from. The taxpayers are going to be paying for it. So people just want to know, I think, and I think we all deserve that right. Well, and check out, last week we did a podcast of Rachel Coyle from How Things Work at the Ohio State House. And Rachel's big point with that was, <laughs> hey, people, pay attention to the state budget. Because a lot of times, and heck, when I covered local governments, we write these budget stories and we would say, hey, looky here, the, the city wants to spend X amount of dollars. Isn't that crazy? And no one seemed to care. Right. And I guess that's my frustration. I know budget stories aren't sexy or anything else like that. But, you know, hey, $2 billion. And in theory, you say, great, it's for education. Like, you know, who doesn't like education? But then on the other hand, just let's keep an eye. Let's make sure where this stuff's going to. Uh, I, I will say, and again, I it doesn't make clear what's allocated to what. But with the tutors, that might be a good educational opportunity for people. I think one thing that DeWine and John Houston were talking a lot about, even from the beginning of the pandemic, was saying, okay, you may have lost your job, but look, there's a lot of jobs that are available right now to, to fill the needs of the pandemic. Well, I can see, especially if the state invests money in the tutors, man, if you've got a background in something, even if you don't have a teaching degree, that could be another good place that you could be. I mean, I, I don't necessarily think they're going to be hiring full-time tutors with benefits, but, you know, we always, geez, Craig, we're journalists. We don't make a, a ton of money. We always sit there and say, boy, is there something we could do on the side that, that's okay? Hey, maybe you and I could be tutors on the side. Who knows, you know? Yeah, I think, you know, we just seem to know what's going on with it. It's a lot of money, and I think anytime you know, I don't know what the reaction has been from readers on the on this kind of story, but you know, I think if people get up in arms about the you know the increase that you might see for license or, or you know tag renewal, they should definitely be a little skeptical about where this two billion dollars is going towards. And you know, obviously, I'll probably be you know talking to my local school districts about what they plan to submit by April first. But you know, hopefully this announcement doesn't just go by the wayside for two months. And then all of a sudden on April 1st, it's like, okay, here's the $2 billion. And then no one really knows where it's going or how it's going to a certain school, what they're going to use it for. Yeah. It'll be interesting how that all shakes out. And, you know, we say this about a lot of stories, but Hey, we're the Ohio we talk Ohio news. And I, I can assure you that there's going to be more information coming out about this. And I can assure you we'll be interested. So this is, is the last we've heard about this. Um, Something else that they're talking about in the state house, and I didn't know this was a thing. There's a lawmaker saying, "Hey, Ohio should prevent kids from buying cough syrup." I, you know, with kids, we're saying you know those under eighteen. Is this a thing? I mean, I, I, I you know, I'm watching a fourteen year old right now. He doesn't need to go and buy stuff on his own, but. I didn't know about teens buying cough syrup. I mean, I'm not sure how I feel about that. But I even know if teens went out and bought cough syrup. Have you heard about this? Well, I mean, there's always been, you know, it's always been a sort of a sticky topic with cough syrup and, you know, kids abusing it. Uh, it's it's a lot like, you know, uh, bath salts and other things that, you know, kids have used to, you know, either get high or I guess in this case, maybe get like a, I guess you could get high from it a little bit, but more of a buzz, I guess, because of the alcohol content. But um, yeah, I mean, it's not that I haven't heard of it. I just I wasn't aware that it was 
such an issue that, you know, maybe this, you know, representative of Springfield decided that we need to introduce legislation to, to ban it. I will say this though, reading the story, I think, you know, and I know he says most of the time when a 13 year old kid goes in and buys Robitussin, it's not because mom couldn't get to the store. I think that's a little bit presumptuous that everybody's mom and dad or guardian is of the utmost, you know, responsible adult that can go in and make decisions and buy things for their children. Sometimes it might be older brother, older sister that's going into the store because their little brother, little sister are sick and buying cough syrup for their, you know, for their, their sick, you know, siblings. So I'm not saying that, you know, we should, you know, vilify this, this, this uh, representative. It's just, I think the idea that, well, these kids are probably doing it, you know, because they're going to get high from it. Whereas maybe they are really going in, even if they're 14, 15, 16, because their little sibling is sick and they need to support their little sibling. Maybe they are responsible enough to take care of them or, you know, mom and dad or guardian isn't really able to do so, or, you know, there's a lot of other factors that go into it. So, you know, we'll see what happens with it. I mean, is it something that needs to pass? Probably not, but it probably can pass. And I don't think it'll be a huge deal. Yeah. I mean, it's hard to say, man, we oppose this bill. Come on, teens should buy all the cough syrup they want. But uh, I, I kind of wonder, is it overreaching? Yeah, maybe you know because what stuff you you just talked about, and yeah, I'm I'm curious about that. And I gotta tell you, man, when I'm sick, if, if I if I get a little bit of sniffles on, oh, and speaking of that, Brandon's not feeling good uh, today. That's why you don't see Brandon here. We hope to have him back um, tomorrow. But speaking of being sick, I mean, hey, when I'm sick, it, it's all out. You know, either I run to the store and you know, make sure I don't seize on anybody or I'm like, um, you know, wife, please go to the store. I need this right now. I mean, it's, it's a full alarm fire. You know what I mean? Right. It's not like, oh, I'm sick. The next couple days I'll go to the store. I mean, and, and you know what? I don't abuse cough syrup, but man, there's days where I'm not feeling well enough. I'm like, I think I might just chug this whole bottle. You know, I'll do whatever it can to be, feel better. But yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, I don't think it's a bad law. Um, sometimes I, I kind of sit and wonder, man, with everything going on in Ohio right now with COVID and everything else, is, is this the best we can do? Like, uh, I, I criticize myself and, you know, I argue with my wife about this sometimes where, like, we'll get in this project and we'll do this and we'll, and, you know, we might be at night and we say, okay, we have an hour to do something in the house. And we do this and we're like, man, is this really the best thing we could be doing with our time? And I kind of wonder about that for the state lawmakers saying, is this the best? Like, if you had time to do one bill, is this the one bill that is this going to save Ohio? You know, I don't know. Right. Yeah, I, I kind of think that way, too, sometimes, especially, you know, in the midst of a pandemic where, you know, we have such problems with unemployment here in Ohio with people getting through to unemployment. And I'm not throwing that on the, the legislatures, but it's just, you know, you, you sometimes you feel like, is this the best use of our time? Now, I'm not saying that this bill hasn't maybe been kicked around for a while and, you know, maybe they just decided, okay, now's maybe a good time to present it. But yeah, you, you always kind of wonder if there's better use of time or, you know, we only get the legislators for so much, you know, for so long, you know, each day. And, you know, obviously for so, you know, for such a long period of time that you kind of wonder what, you know, if there's something better that they could present, you know, to the floor to vote on other than, you know, banning cough syrup sales to, you know, juveniles. Yeah, I, I definitely agree. I, I, I'm not sure, but I guess maybe not every state law has to save the state. I mean, you know, sometimes, and you know, it's like everything else. We all have our pet peeves. We all have something that maybe just affected this lawmaker's life a little bit more. And he said, hey, right, I need to go right. yeah. take some action. I don't know. Well, and in this, in this too, they you know they give this data one about one in fourteen American teenagers say they know someone who has tried robo tripping, which I guess is, you know, trying to drink as much robitussin as possible to get high from it. But that was from a two thousand thirteen study, um, you know, for the by the Partnership for Drug Free Kids. So I kind of wonder if that that information and that those statistics bear out eight years later. Um, I'm not saying that studies don't usually lag a little bit, but I kind of wonder if, you know, now that we're sort of really knee deep in an epidemic of, of opioids and other other drugs that I kind of wonder if, 
you know, Robotussum is a is a one in four people are robo tripping. You know what I mean? So yeah, yeah, it's 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 odd when you see like yeah, if this study would have been like two or three or four years ago, maybe, but eight years ago seems like a long time to like you know point to that as being that's the data that we need to you know to present this bill. It'll be interesting to see what happens there. And, hey, it's an appealing story. I mean, I guess if you're a reporter and you're looking at the bills that might be introduced, hey, cops are probably sticks out to say, hey, this probably will have a little bit more interest than another bill that's out there. So, no, I, I not question the media or, or question anything with it. Like I said, I'm not sure if it's the most vital thing. But, again, hey, you know, some of the things, if I was legislator, I'd write bills about, you know, you or somebody else might be like, hey, is this the most important thing either? So, yeah, I mean, we'll see what happens here. Um, let's move on to the next thing. Now, this thing bugs me. Um, it's happening more and more now. Obviously, in politics, the Republican Party is at crossroads. I mean, let's just say it for what it's worth. Um, you know, Donald Trump is under his second impeachment trial. It doesn't appear, uh, you know, they had a vote yesterday on, is this trial constitutional? Well, 56 people said yes, 44 said no. Well, for a conviction, 67 people have to say convict. So kind of you're thinking, hey, if 44 people says, hey, the trial's unconstitutional, you're probably not getting seven more of those people to say convict. I get, who knows? Um, you know, it was a bad, uh, let's be nice, I guess. It was a bad performance by the Trump legal team yesterday. Who knows? I mean, who knows what happens? Um, it does sound like it's going to end up in the acquittal. I mean, I guess if I had to, you know, predict or bet money on it. Well, I bring all that up because of that. The Republican Party is in a crossroads. I mean, if you're a Republican, you're either, hey, I, I'm in favor of Trump. I'm in favor of his policies. Uh, there's some talk that he might run again in 2024. I'm not sure if that's going to happen, but you might have a candidate like him. You know, people call it the MAGA party, make America great again. So you might have somebody with similar feelings. Honestly, Craig, Jim Jordan, 2024, I'm, the more I think about it, I, I think that's quite possible. But I bring all of that up. I know it's a, it's a real long meandering preamble to this. But it sounds like in some of these Republican parties, they're starting to censure or boot people out of the party that don't agree with former President Trump. Um, in Nebraska, there was talk of Ben Sass. Um, I think it's Sassy, uh, a congressman out there. They're talking about potentially booting him. Wyoming, Liz Cheney is a prominent Trump critic in the Republican Party. They censured her. And she's the head of the Republicans in uh, the House. She's got a high-up position. Well, we get to Ohio, since we're the Ohioan, and John Kasich, former Ohio governor. Now, now Craig, I don't get this. I, I'm sure Kasich may have spent some time in Cincinnati, I'm sure, you know, I mean, it's not like he never stepped foot in Cincinnati, but John Kasich lives in the Columbus area. John Kasich works in the Columbus area, but lo and behold, the Hamilton County GOP is talking about kicking Kasich out of the Hamilton County Republican Party. And I think they really only have jurisdiction for Hamilton County. So I guess if he's kicked out of the Hamilton County, he's still part of the Republican Party in other places. I, I'm really confused about this. Do you, can you help me out here? Well, I mean, yeah, I think that's kind of how I interpret it, too. Um, you know, I actually kind of think this might be a bad idea for Republicans. I'm not I'm not saying that I'm a huge John Kasich fan or that other people are. But, you know, Kasich seems to be the type of Republican that can cut through to the other side and, and maybe either generate support from the left or moderates or at the very least, moderates and lefts don't hate him. And I think that if you're if you're looking at the future of the Republican Party, he may not, I'm not saying he's going to be their main spokesperson for the Republicans, but he may not be a bad option to help generate support for not just maybe Trump voters or, you know, people that supported Donald Trump, but people that didn't support the Republicans because Donald Trump was sort of in charge and Democrats that just flat out don't like the Republicans in general terms too. So I think, you know, I'm not, and I'm not saying that Kasich's going to be a guy that's going to turn an election to, to one side or the other, but kicking him out, I don't know. It just, to me, it doesn't seem like it's, it just seems like a lot of pomp and circumstance here. And it really doesn't seem like it matters. I mean, I guess if, if Kasich were to, you know, 
were to run for an office or, you know, maybe throw his name back into the presidential hat that I'm assuming then he wouldn't get the support of the Cincinnati Republican, you know, Hamilton County Republicans, which, you know, I don't know if he would really care or not, but, you know, it just seems like a lot of just, you know, let's get our, our name out there and right. make it seem like we're getting rid of somebody, which it doesn't seem like he's like out of the Republican Party. And and honestly, at this point, I don't know if you really need to kick him out. You know, you might just say, well, if you don't want to be with us, then leave. And I think Kasich might leave, I, to be honest with you, the way the way he's spoken before. Um, you know, he just doesn't like the way the party's been operating these days. And I don't think he, I don't think he's going to mind being kicked out of the Hamilton County Republicans. And I always, I mean, I look at it two different ways. I mean, I, I agree with you. I mean, how I personally feel, I think in any place there's a room for dissent. I mean, I think if you're, uh, you know, if you're always lockstep, I mean, it's good from a corporate basis, but it sometimes is, I, I kind of, it could appear a little disingenuous, you know, where you're not, you're not really being transparent, but then I see the other side too. Okay, we work for Gannett. We like Gannett. Um, you know, in a tough industry, I think Gannett. We're all struggling. Let's be honest. Any company in journalism, but I think Gannett's got a great approach to it, and I think Gannett has probably got one of the most transparent and intelligent ways of trying to solve the issue of revenue in journalism. Okay, that disclaimer's gone. I like Gannett. But could you imagine if either on the show or on Twitter we blast in that, you know, time and time again? Like, you know, we're just saying crazy bad stuff. It's a bad company, whatever. Well, if we did that, yeah, maybe the first or second time the company's like, oh, okay, well, you know, Craig's got a good idea of how to fix that. Maybe we'll help that. But then once you get in the third, fourth, and fifth time, do they get to the point where they say, okay, this guy's a malcontent. Let's get him out of here. You know, he's, he's yelling all the time. Or if it was me or something. And I think now, but to that point, Kasich just said, look, I don't agree with former President Donald Trump. Look at our politics sense. There's a lot of people that, that didn't agree with former President Donald Trump, as well as there's people that loved him. So I kind of look at it and say, hey, it's his first time he's showing dissent. He's not showing dissent against conservatism or the Republican Party. He's saying, hey, this guy that ran, ran for president won. I'm not a fan of this. I can't put my support behind it. Right. I, 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 I kind of wonder. I kind of wonder too, though. With you know, and it seems like you know, Kasich, you know, in a statement from his spokesperson, um, you know, basically just said, you know, they they'd prefer the party use their energy to rediscover its appetite towards finding ideas and solutions yeah. to the problems impacting our communities. And of course, you know, on the other side, they're basically saying that they didn't appreciate Kasich's position i kind of wonder if if they would have really been you know advocating for kicking him out if trump hadn't won by what eight points in ohio or whatever it was had he lost the state would they you know there there seems to be a very big swell of support still for donald trump and i think even you know they they mentioned this in the story here on USA today with jane timken throwing her name into the hat you know publishing the op-ed in, in the inquirer where she praised the former president and boasted about getting rid of the Kasich regime. regime. So I kind of wonder if, like, you know, they're still hitching their wagons to Trump in Ohio because he won by such a hand, uh, you know, a handy margin. And there is that that sense that he's going to run again. So they don't want to rock the boat, you know, especially when, you know, Jane, Jane Timken's probably going to be running for Senate. So I just kind of wonder if this sentiment would be the same had Trump lost Ohio. And, you know, doesn't isn't it kind of odd that this this kind of mirrors a little bit with how Governor DeWine's been perceived, not by everybody. I know that I think he does have a good a good support system in Ohio. But think about how many, you know, whether lawmakers or people on social media that just came out against the governor over the last year since, you know, his handling of the covid you know crisis um, a lot of people just, it's almost like they don't know how Republican Mike DeWine is, and he is about as Republican as it gets in the state of Ohio. And so many people just came out against him, calling him a dictator and, you know, a socialist. And it's like, do they even know who Mike DeWine is? Like, Mike DeWine is about as conservative as it gets in the state of Ohio. And it's just like they turned on him because they don't, you know, they don't support him. And, 
you know, he tried to toe the line with Donald Trump a lot, you know, sort of criticizing him, but not criticizing him when it came time to answer certain questions. So it's kind of mirrors, you know, the Republicans are trying to get rid of Kasich. I wonder if, uh, you know, that means the Republicans are going to run every candidate they can against DeWine and, and maybe show their, their true feelings for DeWine here when, it, when his term's up. Well, we've always argued against the two-party system. Like, you know, we, we've sat in elections past and said, man, there's only two parties. There's not as many choices. I, I think it's obvious right now, especially look at the Republican Party. Because in all of these stories, the Kasich story and everything else, there's a fracture. And if you sit there and say, well, Kasich needed to toe the line and support the Republican Party, I, I say with all of friendliness, bullcrap. Because if you look at Donald Trump, what made Donald Trump popular? And again, I'm not telling you if I like or not, don't like Donald Trump. I'm saying what happened. Trump kind of came into the election and said, screw all of you. I, I do the best. And look back to the debates. I mean, he was going down the list. And even people who support him now, like he, he was after Marco Rubio. He was after Jeb Bush. He was after everybody. And his point was saying, all of you stink. All of you have failed in the past. It's time for something different. It's time for me. Right. Now, so if I'm John Kasich, if I'm Ben Sass, if I'm Liz Cheney or, or anybody else, I would sit and say, okay, do we retake the Republican Party and say, look, we are the Republican Party because the Republican Party stood for that stuff for years. I mean, Trump just came in recently. Or do they say, screw this, Republican Party's kind of been corrupt. Let's start our party of conservatives that aren't Trump fans. I mean, I, I think that's where we're headed. It may not happen today, but, I mean, I think that's where we're headed, right? Well, it seems like it could. I mean, there is a, a real deep fracture right now in the Republican Party, it seems. And, you know, I, I kind of wonder if it would just be that Trump <clears throat> branch out. But, again, I know, you know, there was talks about maybe not wanting to branch out because then you're basically stealing votes from the Republicans and they were stealing votes from the MAGA party or whatever it would be called. And then, you know, the more people that are involved on a ticket, the, the, the more the votes get spread out, then you pretty much lose because the Democrats aren't fighting for those votes. I mean, they would like those votes. But if you're if you're basically saying that you're going to fracture into two parties and, you know, hope that you generate the, the popularity, I don't think that's going to happen. That'd be a bad idea. But the Republicans do need to get on the right page here with each other and say, you know, what are we going to look like moving forward? If that involves Donald Trump, then, you know, are we going to just let him run wild with it? Are we going to try to control it? What, what's going on? Because, you know, Trump's argument is going to be that he had the second most votes in the history of elections. And he could argue that even though I lost in 2000, you know, it, it, during the next election cycle, COVID will probably be more of a thing of the past. We're not going to be as concerned about, mo you know, voting by mail or people dropping ballots off in, in droves like they did here uh, in November. So maybe the thought process is, yeah, I lost, but I can win you again. I can win this over again because last time was a fluke. We had a pandemic. It was just everybody was voting because they wanted to vote because it was easier to vote. And maybe when, you know, comes time again, it'll be a little bit harder to vote or people, not suppression, but just people won't vote because it, it may not be as easy. Maybe they're busy and, you know, they're working and they're not thinking about voting because that's sometimes what people do. They don't vote because they just kind of get caught up in the, in the race of life and they don't think about it. And, you know, when you have COVID and you're on, you know, house arrest, essentially, in most states, you know, that was that was one thing that you thought, oh, I can vote now. I can I can, you know, take time to smell the roses, so to speak. So, um, you know, I think Trump has an argument for 2024 if he really wants it. And I think that's why so many Republicans are, are falling in line. Yeah. And I think we already have our answer because this impeachment trial, forget, you know, I mean, I, I think the evidence is pretty much out there in terms of Trump's speech and then, you know, the Capitol. But even if you don't think about that, even from a positive or negative way, I mean, look at it this way. If Trump gets convicted, now he could be prosecuted for other crimes with what happened on January 6th. But really, if the Senate uh, impeaches Trump, really the major thing that would happen to Trump is he wouldn't be allowed to run federally for elections again. And I think that would also put a stain on 
Trump support, you know, Trump supporters who are running. I look at Jane Temkin, like you talked about. I look at Jim Jordan and other things like that. Well, if I'm a Republican and Mitch McConnell, a guy who was a very much a Trump supporter, pretty much came out and said, "Yep, uh, Trump was behind it." I mean, you would think that he would vote to impeach, not even just from a a um, you know right or wrong standpoint, but just to say, "Okay, let's get him out of the Republican Party." Okay, we're impeaching him and everything. It doesn't look like he's going to be impeached. And this is before, I mean, technically, the trial starts today with, right. you know, the testimony and everything. So, so I think this is more even than just a right or wrong thing. It's kind of a referendum on, okay, do they still want them in the party? And unless something crazy happens, and it could, looking at Trump's defense team, you never know. Something crazy might happen. But the way it looks like now, he's acquitted. And I think what that tells you, more than from a morality standpoint, it's just saying, hey, Republican Party still wants him around. And I think, you know, so for guys like Kasich, Sass, and whatever else, you sit there and say, oh, either I just jumped the Democratic Party or do we start something new? And I think some of those guys are like, hey, I definitely don't want to be part of this MAGA movement. But then on the other hand, I'm not sure if I agree with everything on the Democratic Party, too. Yeah, but- it's interesting, too, because, you know, I think I, I don't think people are going to vote not to impeach or to impeach because they're whether it's a you know they're afraid of because anybody could just say well let's impeach him and then he can't run for office and he's effectively out but he's not really out because he still has a voice and even though he doesn't have social media he can find ways to condemn those who have voted against him or to have you know come out against him or to have you know voted to impeach him you know much the way he did with governor dewine where he literally went on twitter and said Let's run somebody against DeWine in the you know in, in Ohio primary. So I think that people are afraid that he's going to use his voice, whether however he gets it out, he can get it out to say, you know, Mitch McConnell voted to get rid of me. You should vote to get rid of him. So I think that's the fear when it comes down to actually casting a vote on whether or not to you know impeach him in the Senate. I just think it's going to be challenging because I think there's going to be Republicans there that even though they've maybe talked a better game lately about, you know, condemning those actions and blaming Trump at the end of the day, they're going to have to, you know, put, put the final pen to paper. And I don't know that they're going to want to do that with the idea that even if Trump can't run for office, he can still run his mouth and talk about who people should vote for or not vote for. But if you really think about it, um, I got out of journalism, I think it was about 2005, went to PR marketing for a while before I came back into journalism. When I got out of journalism the first time, think about what our world was like in 2005. We barely had, I mean, Facebook was, Mark Zuckerberg was was rating if girls were hot or not at Harvard. I mean, Facebook wasn't, it was a college thing at the time. We didn't have Twitter, we didn't have anything else. So if you looked at PR back then, the first company I worked for, they pretty much gave me a phone and email and they said, hey, go hold papers, hopefully you can talk them into writing a story about our group. And that was your only PR. And now, you know, obviously for companies and everything else, you've got a multitude of ways from social media, you know, a live video and everything else to tell your story. Without those tools, and and you're right, Trump still has ways of getting his message out. But look at it. I mean, you know, if you love or hate the guy, I'm sure everyone's still out there going, hmm, I wonder what Trump's thinking right now. It's harder for him to do that. And really, right now, his only recourse is pretty much calling somebody and saying, hey, can you come cover me? And there's some people who are tired of it. You know, it's it's very strange. It's a very weird thing. Well, I don't want to talk too much about this, Craig. And, you know, we're the future of the Ohio Republican Party is going to be really interesting. We're going to talk about that in the future. But I wanted to close with some stories that made me laugh. And, and I think that we got to do that a little bit more. We got to talk serious, but we got to talk fun stuff, too. Um, there is a Cincinnati company. And Craig, I'm not sure why I haven't heard of these. Gorilla Glue. Are, are you a Gorilla Glue fan? Well, I'm not a it's not not a Gorilla Glue fan, but I know of it. I, I like their commercials, they're fun. Um, but do I use it? No, I've never really felt the need to use Gorilla Glue. Okay, well, honestly, and, and maybe I'm not watching the right commercials, but I this is the first I've heard of Gorilla Glue. Okay. I, I don't know. And and maybe that's more of an indication of where I'm at in my life. <laughs> uh, but, you know, it's a spray adhesive. And, you know, there's some good uses for it and there's some bad uses for it. Well, there's a woman who dubs herself Gorilla Glue Girl. 
and she created a weekend social media sensation after she used the glue instead of hairspray. So she took a video of herself saying, I'm out of hairspray. What did I do? I'm going to put some Gorilla Glue on. And it caused a social media, uh, you know, sensation. And obviously, if you're Gorilla Glue, it's a PR nightmare. So Gorilla Glue had to say, hey, this isn't for your hair. <laughs> Craig, what's going on here? This is crazy. Well, I don't think that out of all the things that Gorilla Glue probably thought they'd have to, you know, speak about in the future when they first developed would be, well, it's not for your hair. I mean, I, I don't know what would compel anybody to say, well, I, I'm out of hairspray, so the next best option is glue. I, maybe that is the next best option on the hierarchy of getting things to stay in place, but why on earth would you think, let's go ahead and use this glue to put my hair up or to do whatever I need to do? I just, I don't know. I mean... This is one of those things where it's probably going to go to court, and I guess the company will probably have to, you know, pay pay out some kind of a settlement just to get this to go away. Because I, I don't know, I don't know. Out of all the things you could use, glue probably wouldn't be something that I would say, yeah, go ahead and use it. Especially something like this, which is supposed to be like an extra strength adhesive. This isn't like normal Elmer's glue that kids use in school. This is like heavy-duty glue that you can use on pretty much anything. So, except hair, of course, but I don't know. It just baffles me that someone would think, yeah, let's go ahead and use glue. Yeah, very – I can't – well, in, according to the story from the Cincinnati Enquirer, um, you know, she was talking – she did a radio interview with the Roz and Mocha show. Uh, I, I've not heard of the Roz and Mocha no. show, but on the show she says – she normally used a hairspray called Got to Be Glued, which ran out, and she hesitated about using Gorilla Glue Spray, but she didn't say if she was confused if it was a hair product or something else. And there is another hair gel called Gorilla Snot. Man, I'm not sure if I'd use Gorilla Snot on my hair. <laughs> that, sounds, yeah. that sounds strange. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I mean, my hair, and, and we'll release this as audio, but I usually have my hair cut short. It's grown out a little bit. And I tell my 14-year-old, you got to shave your head. You don't have to worry about washing your hair as much or – well, you still have to wash it, but you don't have as much to wash or you don't have as much to comb. And, you know, that way you don't have to wear, use hairspray. I mean, I know guys don't use hairspray as much, but, man, very strange. I, I, I can't <laughs> – maybe it's a cash grab. You, you know, we're in this lawsuit society, so maybe it's setting up for a lawsuit. But she was on TikTok to talk about it. And Craig, I, I understand people sometimes. Yeah, I mean, she's, she said she didn't know whether – she didn't really say whether she was confused that it was glue or a hair product. But at the, end of the, at the end of the day, she either had to have gotten it from someone or bought it herself, which meant she had to go to a store. And I, I'm, I'm pretty sure that Gorilla Glue is not in the shampoo aisle or in the hairstyling products aisle. So I, this is this is kind of flimsy if this is a cash grab, but I wouldn't be shocked if there is some sort of a, you know, I, I mean, it, just, it says right on the, you know, right on the bottle, spray adhesive, heavy duty. I mean, I, I don't know. I, I, yeah, it doesn't say for for don't use it for hair, but when it says multi-purpose and it says like you know wood yeah. and metal and fabric and foam and glass and paper. How do you look at that and say, yeah, hair should be on there, too? I'm going to make sure that, you know, hair gets on there. It just, yeah, I can't, I, I can't get behind this one bit. I really hope that this is an unfortunate accident, that maybe somehow she's able to get out of her hair and we move on without any kind of lawsuits or, you know, whatever. Yeah, I, have, I have a TikTok video from Tesco. Let's see if we can listen for a little bit. And, and, and maybe Tesco's got a... <laughs> Got an argument though, win you over, Craig. Let's see if we can hear okay. what you're saying. Hey, y'all. My hair has been like this for about a month now. It's not by choice. No, it's not by choice. When I do my hair, I like to, you know, finish it off with a little got to be glue spray. You know, just to keep it in place. Well, I didn't have any more got to be glue spray, so I used this. 
Gorilla Glue Spree. All right, let's come a little bit now. She's. It looks like your hair is glued to her scalp, and I'm not sure. I mean, can you get Gorilla Glue off, or is there? I, like, I would. I would guess that if you could get it out, that they would have probably told her, "Hey, you need to use X, Y, and Z." I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I don't know if it like wears off eventually or if it just stays <laughs> like that forever. I, I mean, I feel bad for her because it's obviously not what she wants, although she doesn't appear to be in any pain. But yeah, I mean, she's got glue in her hair and, you know, she can't get it out. So I don't know if it's just like you got to shave your head, which she just may have to shave her head. I don't know. I mean, it's it's sad, but, you know, again, you know, it's it says it on the bottle it's for metal and glass and wood and you know I, well, I would think that if i wouldn't think that you could use hair gel and styling products on metal and wood and you know so when that stuff's on the bottle you would tend to think that you shouldn't use it on your body the other thing that jumps out to me is she's showing the bottles in the video and again we're audio podcast so uh, you, you'll have to check out the video it'll be on the link for that story, um, the balls look very similar. So I, I think she's trying right. to make the argument like, hey, right. I got confused here. Uh, let's listen to the rest of the video and uh, see if there's anything else here. Bad, bad idea. Bad idea. Yo, look, my hair, oh, it my don't God. move. You know what I mean? <laughs> it don't move. I've washed my hair 15 times oh. and it don't move. Stiffware. <laughs> My hell. So I'm going to tell y'all like this. If you ever, ever run out of got to be glue spray, don't ever, ever use this unless you want your hair to be like that. Okay. I'm trying to laugh at poor Tessica, but she's hitting her hair and her hair is like stuck to her head. I mean, yeah. it's almost like. You know, she painted hair on her head or something. And I look at the end, you know, hey, she's doing her don't use Gorilla Glue in your hair. It's almost like, hey, bad Gorilla Glue, you know. Yeah. It's <laughs> she's like, almost like yelling at Gorilla Glue. That, well, yeah, I, think, I think it's almost like she's still under the impression. I don't know when that video was made, but I wonder if she's still under the impression that she thinks that, that that's actually like hairstyling product or maybe she's finally come to the realization that it's not. But yeah, I mean, and I don't even know if you could even cut that, cut your hair because, you know, you, you'd have to use, you know, probably like clippers and I don't know if clippers could get through the glue. So she might have to be like that for, <laughs> I don't know how long. And I'm, I'm guessing that maybe the company is trying to find a way to like, how do you get this out of hair? If someone gets it in their hair, Otherwise, she might just have to live like that for however long the stuff lasts. And I know it's supposed to be pretty durable stuff. So she may be looking like, you know, having that really hard painted on hair look or whatever. Like when she was slapping it, you almost thought she was slapping something hard. I mean, it, it, yes. I don't know. She may be she may have to look like that for a while. I mean, hopefully she she likes the style because she may have to be like that for a while. Cause I don't know how you get that out of your hair. I don't know if clippers could cut it out last year. Um, and we were doing a little bit more of a weekly pop centered folk, a pop culture centered focus, uh, podcast. And we're a little bit more hard news right now, but last year there's a survivor game, you know, like the reality show on CBS where you can put your own people in and it's like a fake survivor and it's a simulation and we put some people that made us laugh over the years. And um, if we do that this year, uh, Tesco's in. I, <laughs> we picked 15 uh, unique personalities. And, man, if we, yeah, I want her in my fake Survivor game if we do that again this year. should be fun. Hopefully, she, hopefully they can figure it out because I'm sure I, – I mean, it, at the very least, it doesn't seem like it's hurting her, but it's probably not the best feeling ever. So – I Hopefully it uh, gets better because that stuff I know is is pretty strong and you know, oof, I don't know, that's tough. Very good. Hey, let's let's close out with this. This was uh, made the rounds on the Facebook and we had this on our Connect websites yesterday. Um, Zoom calls, uh, you know, uh, we do StreamYard. StreamYards are our choice, but it's pretty much very much like a Zoom call. 
Um, and you know, with Zoom, you can put you know backgrounds, you can put filters. I don't know. It, it, I guess it's for fun with the kids because our kids are home with us, and hey, you gotta entertain them somehow. Well, again, we're not showing video, so it's kind of a theater of the mind thing. But there was a court hearing, and I think this was Texas, and kind of interesting to see what happens. Uh, they had the hearing, and let me pull up the video. Yeah, so they had the hearing, and you have to think about this. Uh, click on the link, and you can watch the actual video. Uh, but there's a judge, there's a lawyer, and this other lawyer comes on, and he sounds like an older guy. And apparently, the filter was set to cat. So when he appears on the screen, again, click on the link in, the vi- in our uh, podcast, you'll be able to see it. He's as a cat because of the filter. And, you know, it's funny if you do it in the podcast or anything, but this is a, a court hearing, and <laughs> it's kind of funny. I, we probably will get the full effect because, again, we're on, uh, you, you know, we're on an audio podcast. But let me play it for you, and let me pull it up real quick. So the filters of a white cat, and you know he's talking like a lawyer, and he's a white cat. Yeah. Um, okay, I'm, I'm just gonna go out and say that this is hilarious, and and only because like I cover courts, and and sometimes they can get through sort of like a pretrial hearing like this, and. Like if I was covering something and someone popped up as a big cat with big eyes, I would I would probably think it's hilarious. I think everybody would probably laugh. Now I will say this that whoever's, you know, on you know, getting ready to go on trial maybe probably isn't gonna be laughing about it. And I do kind of I do kind of wonder if this excuse of, oh, I was using my secretary's computer and for some reason she had that filter on. I I don't know that I buy that excuse. I'm not saying that, you know, in a pinch that, you know, an attorney wouldn't use their secretary's computer or whatever, but I, I just have a hard time believing that. I don't I don't believe that excuse so much. I'm working. Okay. This sort of kind of made its rounds on social media. Um, you know, early mid-afternoon. Uh, we had it on our sites mid-afternoon to late afternoon. So, yeah, a lot of laughs. It was a great story, a funny video. Yeah. So, But people couldn't do anything about it. So, Craig, you know, we're approaching another work day. I got a couple Zoom calls, probably a couple more, depending on how the day goes. I'm looking at the chances pretty high of somebody doing the cat filter shtick on my Zoom impression calls. I I think there's a one-on-one chance someone shows up as a cat. Uh, Because, yeah. All right, oh, yeah. my, my two Zoom calls, one's a little bit, uh, they're both professional. Uh, one's a little bit more tongue-in-cheek. I mean, you like to have fun on it. One's, but uh, I, I can anticipate even on the more serious call, there's one guy that likes to have jokes that, you know, may show up as a cat. I, yeah. I, I think it's, I would actually be surprised if this time tomorrow I said no one show up as a cat. And I, and I think in corporate America, I think you're going to see a lot more cats today. At least show up as something. I mean, someone's got to show up. Maybe not a cat because you want to be original or somewhat original. So maybe show up as some whatever. I don't know what other options they have for animal filters. But, you know, maybe something other than a cat would be fun. If if, if someone shows up as a cat, it's like, okay, it's not really that original. It just shows you know how to do it. So let's Let's step our game up. Someone show up as whatever else you can show up as on Zoom. And I think it'll uh, it'll draw some attention. That's why I like StreamYard. StreamYard's got some green screens, but you have to have a green screen behind you. 
hey, we're here. We are who we are. We can't make ourselves into cat filters or <laughs> dog filters or anything else like that. We're, we're serious here at StreamYard, and yeah. we are talking about StreamYard as being a sponsor, and hopefully we'll have news about that next week where, hey, um, and StreamYard's not just for podcasting. Um, StreamYard, it's a great video conferencing tool. So if you think about it for your organization, but also, too, hey, we're still quarantined. Well, I mean, we're not you know, banished our homes, yeah. but we should stay at home to stay safe. And man, you can even use StreamYard to talk to family, friends, everything else. I mean, in essence, that's what Craig and I are doing here already. So yeah, check out StreamYard. Yeah. You like this, Craig? I love, love I love the, uh, I love some of the still shots they have of the cats, like eyes getting big or maybe rolling, and you know, it just it looks. If you have, if you have Twitter, you need to check it out. If you don't have Twitter to see this, you need to get Twitter to see this, or you know, the Acrid Beacon Journal has the story as well. So it the, the 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 still shots of the cat's eyes and face is just hilarious. Yeah, and hey, that's a good show picture. We'll make that the show picture uh, today. Uh, and again, on the podcast, click, click the link. It'll give you the story. You'll have links to the video, and you should be all great. All right. Well, hey, wrap up. Like I said, um, check out our other segments <clears throat> today. Um, again, Bob Garver and his mom talking about soul. Hey, say what you want about Bob Garver, but that's podcast gold with his mom showing up. Um, and also, uh, Wes Sherry, and a friend of Paul Yanchek, who's an author, uh, he talks about his book. And, and Craig, even if you're not into, you know, reading novels or anything, I asked him at the end about how can we become authors? Like, what's that process like? I mean, Heck, I, we, I barely have time to do a podcast. How can I write a book, too? Uh, and Wes gives some good uh, information. Because he, he's got a full-time job. Wes is doing a lot more than just sitting home write, writing. So uh, sure. Wes not just talks about his novel, but gives some good advice on potential new writers. So, Craig, we'll do that, and we'll write our book. And, and we got to outsell Brandon's book. We'll write the se- we can write the sequels to Brandon's book. Yes. <laughs> Many more questions. Many more questions about that as time yeah. goes on, I'm sure too. And then you know, again, sponsors, uh, check out um, Chase Bank. Again, when they give you money, it's a great deal. Usually, with sponsors, they're like, "Hey, buy this. It is a cheaper deal, but you know, we're asking for your money." Hey, Chase Bank, they're going to give you money, and it's a, a good bank. It's an easy way of doing banking, especially during a uh, time we're currently in with the pandemic. Also check uh, Mainly Man Company. We don't uh, mention it as much on the show. They give very unique gifts for the man in your life. You know, dad, husband, brother, you know, cousin, what, whatever that relationship's like, your boss. But it's all ma- like a, a meat bouquet, a bacon, and other stuff. Oh, lots of unique items. And then Caribbean Apparel. Hey, I am the most boring clothes person ever. I'm bland, but if you want you want a unique clothing, check out Caribbean Apparel. They're very good too. Lots of sponsors. Check them all out. Uh, and it should be fun. Again, subscribe. Um, I I gotta be honest. I know you're gonna say, well, you gotta say this because you're trying to talk up your show. No, we've done this now for what's we're in the what fourth or fifth week of this right now, Craig. Fifth week, at least, yeah. Yeah, and, and for the fifth week, we are very um, excited about the numbers. Uh, we weren't sure if it was just going to be my mom and Craig's mom listening, but believe me, there's a lot more than just my mom and Craig's mom. Nothing against our mothers. <laughs> we appreciate their listens, but, yeah, we're, we've been excited about the growth of the show. And, again, please share us with your friends. Um, there's a lot of podcasts out there that charge for their podcasts. This is all free content. Um, so, yeah, share us with your friends. If you love us, even if you hate us, hey, we'll take all of, all fans we can. But thank you for your listenership. Uh, speaking of that, I'm working with Brandon and Craig. Uh, we're kind of refining our Patreon sponsorship deal. Uh, sign up for Patreon today. But we're, we're trying to make it a little bit more simplistic for everybody. Uh, so check that out. And again, subscribe to us on uh, Anchor and you know Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and every everything else. Lots of ways of connecting with the show. Uh, again, Chris P three. That's where you can talk to me on Twitter. Uh, Craig Shelp, NH, right? Yep, NH. Yeah. That's where you can uh, connect with him. Lot, lots of interesting stuff. 
Well, Craig, I think we're getting near the end of our time. Anything else you want to share before we no. close up? No. Hope everybody has a good day. Yeah, and hey, we're thinking about Brandon. Hopefully, we'll be back tomorrow. Just a little under weather today. And, man, oh, busy day. So, I wish I could end in the cat filter, but <laughs> I, I'm happy I won't. <clears throat> I, I guess it'll make me laugh. And, hey, my boss was excited about the cat story. I will say, though, if anybody in my Zoom meetings has listened to this before, don't do the cat thing. I mean, I don't know. You want to have fun, but you got to be professional, too. Yeah. I know. Craig, thumbs up or thumbs down the cat? Uh, I think I think probably thumbs up for me because it, it probably brought a little levity to the situation. I'm sure, you know, it wasn't a like I said, I, I still question its motives, but I thought it was funny. Maybe not a great idea for a court a courtroom right. setting. If it was a, a work setting or whatever, maybe it'd be better. But, you know, probably in the courtroom, I don't know if a judge and another attorney and anybody would really appreciate it, but I'm sure they got a little bit of a laugh out of it. So good for your staff mean not good for that professional <laughs> right. interview or if you're interviewing for a job. I know a lot of job interviews are on Zoom now. <laughs> yeah, I, don't, I don't think that'd be a good job interview uh, face. but Unless you're being a comedy writer, maybe, or a comedian. You know, even no. that probably isn't the best move. So, yeah. hey, thanks again for listening to Ohioan. For Craig, this is Chris, and have a great day. We'll see you tomorrow. All right, bye-bye.